Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Hey, I want to tell you a little bit this morning. We're in part two of this thing called the Jesus Files. And uh, I actually, uh, I, I love learning about Jesus. To me, without Jesus, we would just be like a bar or a hangout club, like we talked about last week. And uh, one of the coolest things that, that, that I love, probably one of the most passionate things for me, is when I talk to somebody who's either a new believer or somebody who is kind of newer to the faith, or I meet somebody and they say, man, what, why are there red letters in the Bible? Or, man, I've never, I've never been in my Bible before, help me. Like that, nothing thrills me more than that. Yeah, like the, hey, do you want to accept Christ and come to Christ? Yes, I love that. But then the discipleship and the walking alongside with somebody is literally one of my favorite things. And so uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had a couple within our church approach me and they said, man, we would love to offer something like that and do something with people that are at that spot in life. And so they said, is there like a Bible study for dummies kind of thing? And I'm like, yeah, that's what it should be, you know? And, and I just want you to know that we are starting something here on November 2nd. And, uh, Chad and Natalie, are you in here? Yeah, right there. Okay. So Chad and Natalie, get to know these guys. Chad and Natalie are awesome. They have been friends of our church for a long time and, and, uh, uh, their family is a huge part of what we do here and in this community. And so they are going to start leading. It's called the Purple Book. Now, some of you have gone through that with me. It's a phenomenal discipleship book. It's 10 weeks, so it's not forever, okay? Um, but it's November 2nd, which is a Tuesday night starting at their place at 7 o'clock. And I tell you what, we want to have as many people as possible come and join them for that. And uh, just uh, wave one more time. All right, Chad and I, so talk to them after church. Uh, otherwise, if you're on our email, you'll get all of their information and uh, you can reach out. But we want this to be something life-giving. And so if you've ever been like hesitant to ask questions or to figure out where you're at in your faith journey or kind of take those next steps, this is a great opportunity. And maybe you go, you know what, I, I don't need that. But you probably know somebody who does. And so talk to Chad and Natalie, all right? All right, so here we go. If you're ready, say yeah. All right, so part two of the Jesus Files. And uh, this morning, I, I want to tell you a little bit um, about a few things that I love to do. And and uh, we all have things that we love to do. Some of you are, who, where are my hunters at? You're excited right now? Yeah, all right, we'll, we'll see you come December probably. Um, you know, we I, I love to eat, obviously. I love to fish and all these things. And how many know like doing those things by yourself is okay, but then... Do you have like that, that like that BFF that you go and do those things with? Yeah, you got like your bestie, right? You have the, you have like your friend that, that you go and hang out with. And I love my wife. Don't get me wrong. I love her to pieces. But if I'm going, if I'm going to White Castle, I'm not bringing her. Okay. If I'm, if I'm doing something, if I'm going fishing, you know, and it's cold and it's outside, she'll come and she'll sunfish, but she's not, she's not like hanging with me. Yeah, we're best friends and we're married, you know, 21 years, but I have my bestie that I like hanging with. And, and I just want you, I want to tell you about him because he's, he's awesome. And so like, we do a lot of stuff together. We'll go to the Boundary Waters together. We will, we'll do outside stuff. We will hike together. We love to fish. Where are my fisher, women and fishermen at? Anybody? Like four of you, what's wrong with this group today? All right, you know, and and like my friend though, he went through some crazy stuff and maybe you have too. And so um, my best friend, he actually comes from a mixed family and I bet a lot of you here do as well. It came from a blended family. And then his mom actually got pregnant outside of wedlock and it was just crazy because, you know, that 
obviously you're judged for that nowadays. And, and then his family actually shunned his parents. And so he was actually kind of born in the slums, you know? And uh, in fact, he wasn't even born in like a normal house. He was actually born outside. And that, man, if that was in Minnesota, that would just stink, right? I mean, and, and he wasn't the greatest looking guy in the world, my, my best friend, but, but he never had plastic surgery, never had anything done, you know, just he was all natural. Amen. All right. And a uh, hard blue collar worker took after his dad and never, he never got married though, you know, and uh, though many women thought very highly of him and probably even wanted him and would have even taken him, he, he stayed single, which is just crazy because him and I, we actually, we met in high school and I tell you what, man, it was, it just became my best friend in high school and actually we met at Our Savior's Lutheran Church over in East Bethel, and it was on a Saturday night. And so he was hanging there, I was hanging there, we got to know each other, and man, I'll tell you what, that was the first time in my life I didn't, I didn't just know about my brother, my best friend, but I actually started like to know my brother. You know, there's like a difference. Like if I ask you, how many here know who Prince is, or formerly known as Prince? Okay, now how many of you no Prince. Okay? Like none of us, right? When we lived in down Eden Prairie, Prince's niece came to our youth group. So I knew his niece, but I didn't know their family at all. And so there's a difference between just knowing about somebody and then you get to know them. You know, you get to actually know them. And so we, we met at our Savior's church. I, I got to know him and he shared so much with me. It was just incredible how much he knew. Like he, he was just like the most compassionate person I had ever met in my life. Compassionate to the hurting, compassionate to the people like I disagreed with, compassionate. And, and, and yet you had to be careful around him, uh, especially as a pastor or, or a teacher because he was really confrontational to us religious people. Like, he, you know, he just called us out on anything and everything. In fact, my best friend is the reason I entered ministry. You know, I wanted to get into acting, and I, I was going to talk to my uh, my cousin-in-law. We were going to go do stand-up comedy together, and we looked forward to doing that. And then God had another plan, and this was through my best friend who shared this with me. And and so I, I blame him for, for pastoring today. But I wanted to follow. I wanted to be like him. I wanted to, I wanted to do what he wanted me to do. In fact, some would say he was one of the most incredible ministers ever. You know, some would say he was a teacher. Some even thought he was insane. But what's crazy is the impact that my best friend had really didn't take all that long. In fact, he didn't minister that long. In fact, only a few years as, and he was a traveling preacher. He went around different small towns. And my prayer is that I and, and our church would have the same impact that my best friend had. That's what I desire. And though he could have, could have, you know, settled down, got a mortgage, bought a house. He never did. Never bought a house. He never, he never settled down in just one location. And though, though he had wisdom unheard of, he never stopped to write a book. Never did it. I don't know why. And in fact, he loved our, our small town, like St. Francis. He loved small rural towns like, like now then or Stanchfield. He even knew Stanchfield. I mean, come on, man. You know, he never went to a big city like New York. He never ran for public office, you know, and he never even held a public office. Yet a lot of people thought my best friend was there for political reasons and he wasn't. You know, he even told people, and this is just insane. He said, he said to me, he's like, Chris, from now on, you got to love your enemies, even those that hurt you. You got you to love those who, 
who get in your way and those that you disagree with. And I'm just like, man, the wisdom that you have, you should write a book. But he didn't. He never gave up on me. And he never gave up on others, which is just awesome. He never gave up on people, even when some people would give up on themselves. And he did one of the, he did, excuse me, none of the things that we think about what accompanies greatness. Never did any of them, ever. Just a normal guy. He, you know, however, there were some big differences that my best friend had. In fact, he actually forgave sins. You know, people judged him for that and said, how could, how could you do that? Do you think you're God or something? He even claimed it was finished. He claimed that he took care of all of our sins and all of our issues and that he did it. And I'm like, I still sin. And my best friend's like, I know. And he's like, I got you, brother. I got you. He's like, it's okay. I know. And he still loves me. He still wants to hang out. Like he still goes fishing with me, man. Is that crazy? He still does that. You know, he claims it's finished. He claims that if you lose your life, you will save it or would find it. And I'm like, best friend, like what? 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 What does that mean? And he's like, hey, you got to lay down your flesh. You got to lay down your life. You got to lay down your desires. And you do that, you'll find out what life is really like when you get to that place of surrender. And I'd never seen that before. It was incredible what he showed me. You know, he was deserted by his friends or so-called friends. And what's crazy is he never gave in to temptation. And I just took him aside and I said, you know, that's not quite fair. I said, you know why you never gave in to temptation or never sinned, right? I said, it's because you never got married and had kids. So I just... I was telling him, I'm like, I know you say that to us, and we're supposed to follow your example, but come on, man, you got to give us some grace. And he gives us a lot of grace, all right? But he went 30 years without performing any kind of miracle. And then I asked him, like, well, what's the first one you did? And and he goes, he goes, you're never going to believe it. And I said, what? And he goes, well, Lisa talked about it a couple weeks at your church. You know, he turned water into wine, or what? Yeah, water into wine. I'm like, that's that's insane. How could you do that? You know, he was turned over to his enemies. He went through this mockery of a trial. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves. And as I talked to him, I go, that's not fair because you didn't do anything wrong. So why were you the one that was, you know, between these two thieves? You, you were perfect. And, and I got to tell you, my best friend was murdered. He was killed basically in cold blood. You know, it was the story of all stories. And a week prior to his death, people were shouting. They were shouting, save us! Save us! You know, they they shouted this Greek word called Hosanna, which that's what it means, is to save us. And those same people that were there were actually the ones responsible for his death. I thought, man, it's just not fair. In fact, my best friend Jesus, Friday, what we call Good Friday, he gave up his last breath and he dies. And then a little bit later, at about three o'clock in the afternoon, there was a soldier, a Roman officer who was there, who was watching. And, and I wouldn't say that they were besties yet, but he was watching what took place. And he watched this innocent man get murdered. And the Roman officer made a claim before any of the miracle stuff, before he didn't even know about the miracles that Jesus performed necessarily. He didn't even realize that Jesus was going to be resurrected But he made this claim statement that truly Jesus was the Son of God. And I tell you today, I stand here today believing that he is the Son of God. I believe surely he is. And here's the crazy part. This Roman soldier, this Roman officer who believed this, didn't see the resurrection. Without the resurrection, without the miracle, the soldier believes he was truly the Son of God. So let me ask you a question this morning. And then I want to tell you a little bit more about my best friend. 
Have you here this morning, have you committed your life to my best friend? Have you committed your, have you surrendered your life? Are you living for you? Or are you living for my best friend? Because I tell you what, man, it will change your life. We sang about it. I will build my life upon you. That's my desire. Now, you can ask my wife. I do it perfectly all the time. You can ask my kids. I never make mistakes. I never yell at them when I'm frustrated. You know, we never have those arguments. But he wants to walk with me. He wants to talk to me. Every time I go, and and what was crazy is Ted doesn't know my notes this morning, but when Ted opened up this morning and prayed for us, he even shared, he said, Jesus wants you, whether it's in the church, whether it's in your living room, whether it's in your bedroom, whether it's in your car, whether it's in the fishing boat. For me, it's with a fly rod in the stream somewhere. I love it, and I just can communicate with God, and I just listen. I'm like, Lord, just speak. And, And that's, I want you to see this, that it's this relationship thing that he came to give us. It's not this crazy, religious, fanatical crap, okay? It's an honest thing that Jesus did that basically like punches the other religions in the world in the face because there's a man of grace who gave his life and says, I want to do life with you and with me. I know this is a real simple message, but if you're with me, say yeah. Now let's, let's take it a little deeper for a moment because here's what I want you to see. I love Jesus my best friend. And yeah, his death and the resurrection was the greatest miracle that our world has ever witnessed to this day. But there's something about Jesus that I love. And, and there's, this, there's like this little part of me, and maybe it's even part of my sinful nature, but there's this little part about Jesus that I just hold on to and I love because I want to be like him. And Jesus, come on somebody, he was a rebel with a cause. Wasn't it? Come on, you want to clap for him, do it. Come on, you want to. If you are from this area, I know you're with me because we are all rebellious with the cause in us. We all got that. You all got your hot button. Okay? We all have that. But he was a rebel with the cause, and so he would do all these things. that would just tick people off. And I'm like, Jesus, what are you doing? But here's what, who he would tick off are the religious leaders, the pastors, the priests, those that thought they were holier than thou. He never once ticked off just ordinary people. Because he wanted to love them. He wanted to go fishing with them. He wanted to hang with them. He wanted to heal them. He wanted to be with them. And that's the difference between religion and relationship. You know, a couple weeks ago, I walked across to my neighbor. His grass is super green. I asked him, how do you grow your grass so green? He's got like this super cool fertilizer. I I don't even know if it's legal. I'm like, all right, cool. And uh, I said, I I would love to have some of that to make our grass greener because it's just our grass pales in comparison to yours. And and he said, oh, I'll bring it over. And, and I said, well, not on a Sunday. I said, I'll be at church on a Sunday. And, and he kind of takes a step back. You know, like the moment somebody knows I'm a pastor, like th- there's this like this invisible wall that you can't see. And I'm like, what's up? And he goes, I'm just not a religious person. And, and what I really want to say and what I used to say is I said, I'm not a religious person. But then somebody who doesn't understand religion and relationship looks at me like I'm nuts. Like you're a pastor, but you're not a religious person. Yeah, I hate religion. Religion stinks, man. Like, I don't want anything to do with religion. I want relationship with Jesus. That's all I want. And so when Jesus came to earth, physical in the flesh, he had these conversations with religious leaders and with the people of the day that were just crazy and super offensive, like super offensive. I just want to give you a couple. Here he is, rebel with the cause. We'll put it on the screen. Matthew chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. Jesus left that place and went into their synagogue. So like their church, okay? The temple. A man with a withered hand was there. 
wanting to bring charges against Jesus, they asked, does the law, does the law allow a person to heal on the Sabbath? Jesus heals his hand. Jesus can heal us today. Okay, he does this. And all the Pharisees, all the religious leaders, they're not looking at like the fact that Jesus just healed this person. Think about how crazy this is, okay? Could you imagine if like somebody here needed healing today, all right? And Jesus was here, okay? And he healed us, but we're like, oh, you know what, Jesus? You're ruining our, we, we got a one-hour service, Jesus. You're not allowed to show up, you know? Uh, we got to get home and have chili this afternoon. So Jesus, uh, I know you want to heal somebody here, but you just got to wait, Jesus. Like, like just, 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 you just go to the side. I think sometimes we do that. We don't even realize it. So here's the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the law. And they're like, time out, Jesus. You offended us. Bible is relative, relevant, excuse me. And, and they say, hey, I can't believe you did that. And Jesus knows their heart. He knows what's in it. And he's like, let me ask you guys. And he shares this and in the book of Matthew. He says, let's say that you're walking along. And he gets them every time. And he says, let's say you lose one of your sheep and you're a shepherd which is really funny because Jesus is the good shepherd, right? And so he says, let's say you lose a sheep and he goes down in a pit and he asks the Pharisees this point blank question. He says, would you not stop and pull out your sheep even if it's the Sabbath day, which was Saturday? And, and they're all like, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, like, like he got them. He caught them. Now they had a choice to make. They could continue being Pharisee or they could turn over their life like the Roman officer did when he witnessed Jesus' death. You know, I believe this is an example to us. Are we making room for Jesus to show up and show off in our everyday life? Do we have that relationship with him? Because I tell you, and I've said this before, and I'll say this again, man, if we're not letting Jesus offend us, then we're probably not walking close enough with him. He wants to offend you. Not for like, oh, look at I'm making an example out of them. But he wants your heart. He wants your heart. He wants all of it, not just some of it. The second one is this, Matthew chapter 12, the first two verses, going back here a little bit. At that time, Jesus went through the wheat fields. I love this. On the Sabbath. How dare you, Jesus? How dare you? Um, And his disciples were hungry. So they were picking heads of wheat and eating them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to them, look, your disciples are breaking the Sabbath law. Now, truth be told, were the disciples breaking the Sabbath law? They were. They were breaking the Sabbath law. You're not supposed to do any work on the Sabbath. That's in Old Testament. That's law. You're not supposed to do that. And so the Pharisees were to the letter of the law. Why? Was it about the relationship they had with Jesus? Or did they just want to make sure they were doing everything right to be good enough? The latter. Right? And Jesus says to them, he says, look. They're hanging it. And basically he says he's God. In other words, he says they're hanging with the bridegroom is what he calls himself. They're hanging with me. This is not the time to fast, but this is the time to feast. Come on, somebody. Amen. It is time to feast. All right. I love who we like feasting more. We like fasting. Amen. You know, I I like feasting, man. I tell you what, God shows up at feasts. He shows up when you fast too, unfortunately. And so here he is and they're hanging out. And Jesus says to them, like, No, they're hanging with me. You're missing it. They're with the bridegroom. This is not the time to fast hanging with Jesus. There is those times. But right now is not one of them. What he was doing on a deeper level was he was showing them, not that we take the law and we throw it away. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus never once said we came to abolish the law. In fact, later on, he says, I actually, Jesus said he actually came 
to do what? To fulfill it. He said, I am now, basically Jesus was saying, I am above that. I'm the fulfillment of everything you've read about in the Old Testament up to this point. He was basically saying to them, I am God. And if you want relationship and you want eternal life, it's only through me. It's through nothing else. It's not about following the Sabbath. It's not about when you work or when you don't work or when you heal or when you don't heal. It's not about when you take a nap or when you don't take a nap. It's simply about relationship. It's that simple. Can I hear an amen? Because, man, I tell you what. Thank you, God, that it's simple. Right? Like, could you imagine having to, like, do all these things and, and, and just wondering, okay, did, did I make sure I didn't commit enough sins? Did I do this good enough? And did, did I, did I, did I, and then you get, and then you pass away and you get up to heaven. And you're like, did I make it? You know, like, man, I, I don't have that kind of faith. My faith is real simple in Jesus because it's not determined on what I do. It's determined on what he already did. All right. Now here's the, here's the next one. Uh, Mark chapter two, verse 16. It says, when the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they, I know, how dare he? he? They asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Well, here's what happened. The religious leaders, okay? And they were basically holier than thou. Like they didn't want to be unclean eating with the sinners. They would have to go through ceremonial rituals and all of that. Here's what's crazy to, to me today. I want to be in my desire, and I hope this comes off, is I want to be a pastor that does life with this congregation, with people in the church, with people in the community. Just because I'm like six inches taller than you doesn't mean that I got it all figured out or I'm any higher, anything like that at all, okay? It basically is what they were saying is, well, that's going to make me unclean. I can't eat at a tax collector's house. I, granted, I don't know if any of us would want to, but at any sinner's house. In other words, a sinner to them was somebody who is not of Jewish origin. And I tell you what, Jesus was showing them that the gospel, his message was for anybody and everybody. Not just for those that were holier than thou and had it figured out, but for the simple person, for the person that's going, I just want to know what this is all about. Jesus met them on their level. Let me give you one more here. It's John chapter 8, verses 7, Rebel with Cause. Jesus says this. We'll see if you remember this story. Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. You remember this story? If you, if you don't, I'll paint the picture. There's a woman. She's caught in adultery, and the Pharisees and those of the law are like, look, Jesus, we found her. Now, I love this story because it's not unraveled word for word. There's a lot of things you have to realize what's happening. Let's just ask a plain and simple question here biblically as we're studying. How did the Pharisees know and find them committing adultery? What were they doing? They were literally watching or hanging out. They're doing stuff they probably shouldn't have been doing. Okay? Think about it for a moment. How did they know? Do you think the lady went out and said, hey, I just slept with that dude? I don't think so. I don't think so. And so Jesus knows that they're caught in sin just as much as she is. I love this story because it shows that we've all made mistakes. Every single one of us. And it shows his grace. Again, she was a sinner. Okay, just like us. We're all sinners. And Christ had compassion on people then as he does now. And he says to all of them, he goes, all right, I'll make you a deal. We'll go with the law just for a moment. But the law basically says unless we're, you know, basically 
we got to make sure our hearts are right and we've done everything right. And have we gone to the temple to take care of our sins? So he wasn't saying, like, if you haven't accepted me, don't throw the stone. He said, have you dealt with your sin? And they're all like, uh, no. So they drop the stone and they walk away. Jesus, rebel with the cause. Fulfillment above the law fulfills it all. I love that. He has compassion on us today. Back then he hated religion. I don't know about you, but I don't think that's changed at all. Amen? I don't think that's changed at all. See, the only way to have victory over your religiousness, over your, your addiction, over you know, financial problems, over, or over whatever, is through him. Not through a self-help book. Not from copying all the cool images that Toby Mac writes that you, that you can post on Facebook. Those are great. I'm not, not denying that. But you're not going to find it in any of that. We keep going there, don't we? You know, it's like we know a salad's good for us. But we want like the the thing that Culver's had this last week. Did you see that? Mac, or not Mac, a cheese curd patty burger. Come on, all right? They sold out of them within minutes. We know the salad's better for us, but that's where we go. It's the same thing with Christ. We know he's the answer. Even if you're here and you're a Christ, not a Christian and you're a skeptic, deep down in your soul, you know You're just stubborn. You're just waiting. You're just holding out. Well, stop it. Just give in to him. Stop it. What are you waiting for? You waiting for him to be revealed? You waiting for somebody to call you out? I'm calling you out. Okay? He wants you. He's in love with you. He sees you. He sees your story. He sees your pain. He sees your hurt. He sees your joy. He sees all of it. And he goes, I love him. I love him. I love her. I love her. I I love them. I love them. And you're like, well, I'm not lovable. And you're basically telling Jesus, you're smarter than him and got it more figured out because I'm not as lo- like, what, what are we doing? And we don't go to Jesus. We're like, I need the new self-help book on Amazon. How to, how to make $1,000 a week. You know, we go there. Or how to deal with my addiction and whatever. And we start reading all these books and all these blogs when Jesus is going, why don't you just unplug it all, turn it off, and just spend time with me? There is something so special about spending time with my best friend. You know, I love sitting in my Living room, we've got a carpet in there, we have wood floor, and I have, we have a little rug over it. And we've got a big bay window that faces south. And so it's like hot in there, even when it's winter. I just lay there, my dog comes laying next to me, and I'll read through my Bible, and I'll just lay there and be like, God, what do you want to speak to me today? And I'll tell you what, those moments have been more powerful than even like prepping a sermon or being like, all right, I want to lead, read the next leadership book. It's just being with him. The victory for whatever you are dealing with can only be found in him. You keep trying the other stuff. Let me know how it goes. He's it. He's it. He's it. Whoa, what about, what about, what about, what about? No, he's it. First Corinthians says this, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I know this is a super simple message, but without this message, we don't have any of our faith. We don't have the church. We don't have what we believe or what it's about because without the foundation of Christ, nothing else matters. Amen? It really doesn't. It really doesn't. See, see my best friend, you know what he did? He began his ministry. He was hungry. He was hungry. And yet later on, you know what people called him? The bread of life. 
Okay? You know what else? Jesus ended his earthly ministry on that cross and he was thirsty. But yet he's called what? The living water, right? The living water. He was weary. He was exhausted, yet he is our rest. Okay, he gave it for us. He paid tribute, yet he is king of kings. He was accused of having a demon, yet he cast out demons upon demons. Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the Bible. Yet he wipes away your tears, doesn't he? Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver, yet redeems the world. Jesus was brought as a lamb to the slaughter, yet he's our good shepherd. He died, yet by his death, destroyed the power of death. Come on, somebody. Are you awake this morning? Most of all, here it is. Rebel Jesus, my best friend, man. You know, I'm singing in my head that old Hillsong song. Jesus, you are my best friend. You remember that? Anybody know that old Hillsong song? I'm dating myself right now. Ted's like, I've never heard that. I wasn't even born yet. All right. The most rebellious thing that he did wasn't while he was on earth. You know, the first 33 years of his ministry was after he died. He did something crazy. Just crazy? Crazy? He broke all the rules. All of them. Every single rule. Like, like Jesus defied gravity when he was sent up into heaven. He defied death. He defied it all. All of it. He defied it. He broke the rules. And this one, a question I got to ask. If Jesus was like pastor of, of the church you went to today, would you go there? Um, might be offensive. Might walk in and he's got, you know, super skinny jeans on and, and he's got, you know, tattoos all up his arms and he's got like, you know, rings on his face and green mohawk. I don't know. There's a lot you can do with long hair nowadays, man. I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know what he's wearing, what he's not wearing. But would we judge him or would we look at the heart of who he was and who he is? Because here's the real part. Jesus is pastor of this church. This is not Pastor Chris's church or Pastor Derek's church. This is Jesus' church. This is his church. Okay? It's what he wants. And we want to honor him. We want to give him glory. It's not about anything else. It's not about cool messages or, or awesome worship. Like Ted was saying, it's only about him. Is that simple? Keep it simple, stupid. Kiss principle, right? Okay? Most rebellious thing he did. I want you to think about this. Like, think as if you were there. Okay? Go with me. You're one of the disciples. You're hanging out with Jesus. You watch your best friend get murdered. And three days later, you are chilling around the campfire. And all of a sudden, the craziest, most rebellious thing happens. Here it is. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. What? Dude, I would be freaking out. Like, wait a second. What just happened? Peace be with you. And I'm like, yeah, I need that peace right now because I just, you know, soiled myself. Jesus, thank you. Like, literally, we would be scared out of our living mind. What does he say in the next verse? They were startled and frightened. Well, duh. Thinking they saw a ghost. Thinking they saw a ghost. So, So they're thinking, well, maybe this is... What's going on here? Is it just this spiritual being that, you know, it's Jesus and his, and his spirit, you know? We're coming up to Halloween. We see all these crazy shows. And you know what those crazy shows show me, by the way? That people have a hunger for the spiritual. He said to them, 
Why are you troubled? <laughs> Come on, man. That's good stuff. Yeah, you, uh, you just showed up out of the blue, Jesus. Peace be with you. We think you're a ghost. Why are you troubled? Because we didn't know you were coming back. Why, do you, why did doubts rise in your minds? Verse 39, here it is. Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. See, this is after he died. This is after the resurrection. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And well, they still did not believe it. Why? Because of the joy and amazement. They're freaking out. He asked them, and this is my favorite. Jesus wanted to go to White Castle, bro. Okay? He wanted pizza. What do you got to eat, guys? Can you just paint the picture with me? Can you see the humor here? We're just sitting around at a campfire. And all of a sudden, we, we see like what looks like a spirit being or a ghost. He's like, peace be with you. What? What? And we're terrified. It's like, no, it's me. It's me, guys. How? What? No, no, it's not just like, it's actually me. You see, the greatest thing that he defied was death itself. This is where Jesus defied something that's unbelievable. What was it? It was that he was the first resurrection of the dead. Physically, like his body physically resurrected. And he's there. And to prove it, I love, he's basically, you guys got anything to eat, yo? Like it wasn't, let's have a theological discussion about the religious rites and all the things in the church. He's like, can we just eat? Can we just have, have some food together? And I wish beyond belief that I could have been there. I wish beyond belief that all the stories that they shared together were recorded in the Bible. But I have to believe a reason they're not is because they had such relationship with them. They didn't want everybody to know all those conversations they had. They were private to them. Just as in my room with Jesus, I have those private conversations too. They're not for the church. They're not for leadership. They're for for me and him because he's my BFF. They gave him a piece of broiled fish. And what did he do? He took it and he ate it in their presence. Can I tell you this this morning? Jesus is still resurrected. He sits at the right hand of the Father now. He wants to eat fish with you. He wants to hang with you. He's not looking to bash you over the head or to shame you or or guilt you. He's really not. And if you've ever had a church or anyone share that with you, I'm I'm sorry. Because that's not the Christ that we read about in the Bible. It's not. He's loving, tender. Yeah, he'll convict you, absolutely. But he does that lovingly and at the right time. So here's what I want to ask you today. I want to pray for you. I'm just going to ask this. If you just close your eyes while I pray for you right now, because I want to give opportunity today. If you know you want relationship with Jesus and you've never had that, you want relationship like I've been talking about this last 25 minutes, would you just raise your hand right now if that's you? Just raise it real high. Awesome. Awesome. You can put that down. See, three of you I want to pray for. If I missed anybody, show me now. Now, for everybody else, if you're in here and you're going, man, I want to continue to have relationship with Jesus, would you and everyone else just stand if that's you? Just stand where you're at. You guys can open your eyes. Just stand. You want relationship with him. God, I thank you so much that you sent your son, that whoever believes 
lives and has eternal life. I thank you for your grace. I thank you, Lord, that we get to walk hand in hand with you. We get relationship with you. You never let us down. You're there for us in the midst of the pain. You're there for us in the midst of the great mountaintop experiences. And you, Lord, are our best friend. Thank you, Jesus, for going faithfully to that cross, dying for us, coming back, defeating death, coming back resurrected, the first physical resurrection ever, so that we could see you and that we could experience you. Lord, we know you stand and sit at the right hand of the Father today. We know you sent your Holy Spirit to lead us, to convict us, to guide us. And we invite your Holy Spirit to do that. And I invite your Holy Spirit for those that said they want to commit to you today with relationship with you, that you would meet them where they need to be met. And for the rest of us that want to continue our relationship with you, would you lead us this week, Lord? And Lord, this morning, I, on the way in, I, I saw two things. I saw a crow fly and it was flapping its wings constantly. And it was like, not that it was struggling, but it was using all its effort to stay up in the air and to fly. And then I drove by Norse Lake and I, I saw this ginormous eagle with its wings wide and it was flapping its wings, but calm. And it was just resting on the wind. It wasn't striving at all. May we be like that in relationship with you, not striving, but resting in you as you bring us where we need to go as you take us on that journey you love us right where we're at and like i've said you love us enough not to leave us there in this journey we give you the praise jesus have your way in our hearts today and through this week we pray in your name and we all said together amen just means so be it so come on let's give him some praise before we head out of here today come on this has been a podcast of the bridge church have a great week Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.